Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Welcome to the ASA podcast. This is yet another in our series talking about the ASA X50 Automotive Conference and Expo, a new virtual event that does things a little bit differently. In the first of our podcast, we talked a little bit about what the show was going to be about. This one, I'd like to introduce you to some of the trainers that are going to be there. We have over 50 sessions available, so we can't talk to all of them, but I selected three that will kind of represent exactly what we're doing. And at this point, I'd like to introduce our guests for today. I'll start with Kim Walker. Kim is sponsored by Shop Marketing Pros. Kim, glad you could make it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Next is Roger Cata. Roger is sponsored by the Accountable Estimating Organization. And Roger, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Tony. Great to be here. And last but certainly not least is Scott Brown from Diagnostic Network. Scott, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me here, Tony. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to the conversation. Again, the whole point here is to kind of give a little bit of insight into what type of training the individuals who sign up to go to the X50 will be encountering. The general format is that we're going to have uh, training for the management sector, the collision and mechanical. And the three individuals here today represent all three of those areas. So let's dive right in. Kim, I'm going to start with you. Tell us a little bit about your class. I know it's called Next Door, What Shops Need to Know. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be showing the, uh, the students in your classroom? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So Nextdoor is an app that has been around since 2010, but I'm finding that Still yet, lots of shop owners aren't super aware of it. And as the name suggests, it's an app that allows you to connect with the people that are your neighbors, that are next door to you. So maybe in the adjacent neighborhood or in your community. So it's a really convenient tool. Lots of people are finding that's a great place to not only, I like the word network, but communicate and get to know their neighbors, but also find professionals that they're looking for, like a local shop that they can trust to bring their vehicle to. So I wanted to offer a class that would specifically help shop owners understand what the app is about and how it relates to them, and then give them the next steps for how they can utilize it for their own marketing. Well, that's great. I know a lot of shops now are using social media for their marketing. I assume Nextdoor obviously leans on that sort of uh, backbone, right? So it has a similar feel to like a Facebook without all of the super distractions that Facebook tends to, to give us and, you know, take us off the beaten path and, and rabbit trails and that sort of thing. So it does have sort of a social media feel because of the feed and you can comment and you can share and, and write recommendations or reviews or as Nextdoor calls them hearts. So it, it's definitely something that people will easily be able to utilize. And, you know, we rely a lot on those likes and, and those reviews I know in business today. I'm, I'm not sure what the actual statistic is, but I know a fair number of consumers out there report doing their research online before selecting and making a purchase decision. 
Absolutely. I just saw someone in our industry posted on Facebook, kind of a survey of their own friends, literally just a couple of days ago. And they asked them to participate in a poll and and tell her where they were getting their recommendations for shops. Um, She specifically asked that next door was one of the things that was coming up over and over again. So it's it's a good time for shop owners if they're not using it, you know, and it's not really meant to just throw one more thing into their marketing mix, but really you know, just educate themselves so that they can determine if this is something that they want to take advantage of. If it's active and it's really popular in their community, then it may be something they really want to play around with. And actually, I can attest to how popular it is. We have next door in the community I live in. It's actually part of the um, homeowners association, which people love and hate. They do have an interesting suite of services that they offer. And again, next door is one of them. So I know it's being used. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. It's important to keep up with changes, whether they're technical or marketing. And I know that, again, in our new world, especially after this past year, we're getting used to a lot more virtual interactions than we ever did before. And obviously, the X50 conference is another one of those examples of what we're doing. Well, let's move on to Roger. Roger, you're going to be doing a class for the collision members of the organization that, uh, that attend the uh, meeting. And you're going to be talking a lot about estimating. Tell us a little bit about what your session is going to cover. Well, Tony, one of the first things I'm going to discuss is that this is not only for collision, but also mechanical. And really what brings this into play is that you have the ADAS systems in the car. Mm-hmm. These are making the two separate entities that once repaired our vehicles now become one, if I can use the term. You know, and also, too, when you're, if you're working with any bill payers out there or insurance companies, you're going to want to know how to build the evidence, documentation to get the recovery of the charges that you need to charge to fix that car properly. Mm -hmm. So in this course here, we're going to talk about the estimating portion of it that really has a large impact on your recovery. And my 31 years of insurance background and collision background um, combined has come up with some answers on how to make this happen and happen successfully. Wow. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. A lot of the mechanical shops are now using extended warranty programs, which are essentially an insurance, you know, just, just like the, uh, they do on the property casualty side of the equation. Do those things work kind of similarly? They do. I mean, if you think about it, warranty is self-insured. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working for a car dealership and they're doing warranty work, they have to find ways to provide the evidence of damages or what, what, what went wrong in order to recover. Same thing with the insurance industry. We've been doing this for years. But those that are going to be watching this presentation are going to probably ask themselves, okay, I've been doing this for 30 years. You know, what are you going to teach me? As, I, as when I worked for the insurance company and looked at tens of thousands of estimates over those years to review and teach our staff, which I did that for 25 years at the large insurance company I worked for, images and evidence that one and the same, they really were lacking big time. And so it caused a lot of tension between the actual repair and the person paying the bill. You got to think of it this way. Insurance is nothing more than a legal contract. So you're talking to a bunch of lawyers and you have to make sure that the evidence you provide is sufficient to get recovery. Documentation is always important, particularly on the repair side. I know we spend a lot of time researching, frankly, before we ever attack a repair. Just because of the complexity of the, of the modern automotive systems, I imagine that extends rather extensively to a collision shop environment where they, they'll see a new car, you know, 10 minutes after it's purchased, somebody's going to run into a tree. Yes. And it turns up in the collision shops. How much of this technology really is making its way up the food chain as far as the awareness of the uh, collision 
insurers, you know, the, uh, the property casualty folks, are they keeping up with the technology as much as the, uh, as much as the repair shops are? I would say that some do, but some don't. Mm -hmm. I know that the industry as a whole has a hard time acquiring new help. And so the help they get is really sometimes in the baby stages. I hate to say it, but they're, they have to crawl before they can walk and run. And it takes years to get there for some of us. And so we're, we're dealing with, the, with all three of those stages. And so it's going to be really important that, you know, we, in, the, in our presentation that we have this discussion. Let me just throw this out there to you. you. You know, images and documentation are the evidence. But when you start getting into stuff that Scott's going to talk about later, you know, working on the mechanical side and working especially with electronics, how do you bring that evidence to the table? I mean, when we had a dent in the quarter panel, we could see it was a two-hour dent or five-hour dent. Based on the images, if they're done correctly, and that's key, which most don't, but how do we do the electrical? And so we're going to talk about that as well, too. Taking screenshots of our equipment, taking images of what's of certain things that need to be addressed. At that, and, and these are the things that you get pushback on from those that are less experienced. And so they don't understand why we need to scan a car. It's the only way to see the damages of that vehicle. And so we're going to talk about those things. And let me just throw out a challenge to those that are on this call today. If you don't think that this applies to you, here's my challenge. Go ahead and look at a file that you have or a bill that you have prepared three months ago. It can be $4,500 or less. So I'm giving you the criteria on this. And if you take a look at it in the order that I'm going to give you, so get out a pen and paper. The first thing you're going to look for is the facts of the accident. The facts of the accident tell us what damages we expect to be working on and addressing on the bill. The second thing is you're going to look at the images. And from those images, just like you would physically inspect a car in your facility, those images represent that vehicle. And so you want to look at those to find out what is in question and what needs to be fixed. The third thing you're going to look at is the estimate. Now, this is the bill. And if you, and as you go down it line by line, first line, second line, and so on, you're going to say to yourself, is it justified with the evidence that was in my file, which was the images, or is it not? And start making notes. And as you start to build that list, now you see all the tension points that a bill payer, insurance company, has. Also, too, this is going to get into Scott's bit of a business, I believe, is that if I'm putting OEM repair procedures in there, I want to do them strategically so it justifies my charges. And so this is going to be the evidence that basically takes and presents it to that individual regardless of their skill level so they can properly assess it and authorize payment to you. Well, you know, as I said, things change, including the way we approach the repair these days and certainly on the management and the technical side. And Scott, that was a perfect segue. Uh, Roger mentioned ADAS. It seems to be dominating our lives now. Every time I turn around, you can't squint a cat without running into somebody talking about the advanced driver assist systems on the vehicle. And the other point we touched on was the importance of everyone involved in the repair process. In the case of the collision market, it's, it's the estimators and the, you know, the insurance company personnel that need to be educated. Scott, your class uh, is going to be a little bit unusual in that you're certainly going to be talking about ADAS, but you're going to be talking about it as it applies to service consultants. Is that right? That is correct. And, you know, the, the, you mentioned earlier that the ADAS stuff is becoming part of our world Yeah, from every angle. Uh, the OEMs are using the features to sell vehicles uh, because these are, these are nice things to have. But it increases the complexity, you know, like as Roger was talking about, it's, uh, it's crazy. You may be involved with something you don't even think about any of the ADAS stuff. And the next thing you know, your technician's taking all that stuff off the car 
And now they got to put it back on and, and they're not sure what they need to do. So, you know, the title of the course is increasing the uh, ADAS awareness for service consultants. And, you know, th these are things that you can learn and you'll be able to, after this class, you'll be able to walk up to a car. And as you're walking up to the car, you'll be able to look and you'll be able to identify some of the features that would indicate that this vehicle has some of this equipment. And this will help you understand what else might be involved or, or where you need to go look for more information. Uh, also be sharing some documentation uh, recommendations. You know, Roger was talking about how do you document the diagnostic process? Well, everything we do in our shop here is, is digital and we, we make a hard stop on everything gets put into the ticket. We do pre-scan, post-scan, all the steps along the way. Sometimes the service processes will put them right into the ticket because again, it adds value to what it is that you're doing. Anyone could try to scrutinize your, your repair order. Well, your repair order should stand on its own. I, you know, I've had cases here now where we've, we've had insurance adjusters come in and um, give us an approval on a service. I was engaged with one service advisor, or I'm sorry, a, a service estimator from an, an insurance company on doing a, a radar replacement on a car. And in our invoice, it had lined out all of the steps that were needed, you know, pre-scan, road test the vehicle, check for uh, recalls, check for TSBs, go through the calibration process, and, and so on. And, and the, the adjuster looked at me and he said, wow, there's a lot to this operation. And I said, well, now, wait a minute, don't you do this every day? And he says, yeah, but nobody's telling me that all the steps that they need to to do so having the ability to to fully articulate what it is that you're doing so that your paperwork stands on its own is going to be highly beneficial and two it could it could generate some additional revenue for you you know say that you've got a, a late model car you're, you're going to be putting a radiator or maybe even an ac condenser a lot of these cars you got to pull the whole front bumper off if there are sensors uh, or maybe a radar sensor up front, you're going to need to make sure that when you put that car back together, that it's properly calibrated and aimed. And in some cases, you don't need all of this massive equipment. In some cases, it's just setting a level, uh, getting the proper scan tool, initiating the calibration and driving the car. So uh, we're going to cover a, a full gamut of that sort of information. And uh, I welcome you to attend. Well, I'll tell you that that's why we have these types of events. And that's why we always uh, go. It's say, they say, uh, if you're working in the automotive industry, you're committing to a life of, uh, of lifelong learning. And you can see why. Again, the pace of technological change is incredible. And it's important to make sure that we have the right individuals um, that are explaining this stuff to the individuals that are standing at the service desk, that are working in the collision shop, you know, that are in the front office. So they understand exactly what they're dealing with, not just on the technical side, but even again, on the marketing and business management side. And at this point, we talked about, you know, having the right people. So I'd like to kind of circle back. Kim, I'll start with you. How did you get involved in the, in the industry and, and what exactly do you bring to the party? All right. So I'm really bad at short stories, but I'm going to try to tell you this as quickly as I possibly can. So my background is actually education. I was a teacher and a school counselor. My husband was a Mercedes diagnostic technician at the dealership. He opened a shop. So we are former shop owners. We ended up having three different shops. And as a result of a road construction project combined with us being super young, 
and dumb and, and not making hard business decisions when that road construction project hit, we ended up closing our shop and I joined him in the business a year after he started it and did all of our marketing. So I, I learned all of this myself and it's a very long story about how we went from closing a shop to, to doing this, but it, it really just started small when people realized the marketing we had done for our own business, they started asking me to do their marketing when we closed our shop and that has evolved oh. over the years. And so we have a marketing agency and now we specialize in helping shops with their marketing. Uh-huh. It's, it's come full circle and it's really fun. And we were really involved in the industry and loved it very much. So it's been a joy to come back into the industry and give back and help based on our experience and what we've been doing. So, well, I'll tell you the best training comes from individuals who are actually doing the work and have been involved in the industry. And Roger, that certainly fits your background. You've been in the industry probably longer than any of us here, but uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, thanks, Tony. My background is I started back in 1969. So that really ages myself. Total of 52 years of being in this business. In the first 15 years, I was a technician, shop manager for both independence and dealership, collision repair. I went into a large number one insurance company in the country, worked locally in the, around the Chicagoland area for about eight years, and then was handpicked to come to their home office to train their staff countrywide. And so I did that for 25 years. Along that line, I also went ahead and uh, worked with the ASA folks because we were teaching our select service program. And we were bringing shops in, the MSOs in, to give them a three-day training course. And uh, so I probably had about 7,000 people go through my training. And it really has given me an opportunity to ask the people at the top how things could be compensated for. And it was it came down to evidence. And so if, you know, that, that's, and, and here's the thing. Today's people out there in the collision repair world or mechanical world are the eyes and ears for most insurers today, especially post-COVID. And so we have to find a way to communicate to them, especially with artificial intelligence coming in. These, all these things play a key role. And so I'm focusing on that um, instead of going into all the details of an estimate, because really this is where I hear a lot of businesses are challenged. And as a result, they're losing their profits. And so I want to help them with that. So I'm looking forward to having them on this presentation as we come into it. So thanks, Tony. And Scott, uh, you've seen it all. We first met way back in the 90s, and it was two careers ago for me. But you've been involved in the industry from the ground up since day one. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up here in Southern California. And uh, when I was in, I, I somehow bribed my uh, high school counselor to get me into auto shop early. I graduated high school and then went to tech school. And uh, shortly after I graduated from tech school, this was really when uh, computers were being introduced into the automobile, uh, you know, computer controlled carburetors. And what I, I started working in an independent shop. And the first thing I observed was that all of the legendary people that were in the industry around me didn't want anything to do with this stuff. And I, th I saw an opportunity. So I did everything I could to attend every bit of training I, I, you know, I could get my hands on. I got into the GM training center in Los Angeles and made uh, you know, numerous uh, commutes there. I soon saw them starting to use a computer in the in the workshop. And I thought that was pretty interesting. They had a green CRT hooked up to a scan tool. And, and then they were had these uh, disks that they were getting information off of. And I thought, oh, you know, I better learn about these computers. So, so I pursued that heavily. And that led to um, 
online communities, uh, started a little small bulletin board system back way before the internet was even a word. Then that led to about 23 years at IATN. I helped uh, my buddy uh, Brent Black bring that thing to life and uh, grew grew that thing to over 80,000 members. And then back in 2018, I left and uh, started a new system called Diagnostic Network. And it's focused on primarily diagnosticians because this is really what our world is. Everything you touch, you need to be able to analyze and diagnose where it is you need to address and properly repair the automobile. And through all that, you know, I own a, my wife and I own a service center here that in 2020 turned 60 years old here uh, about 30 miles east of Los Angeles. And this is where my office is. I'm, I'm integrated into the shop. I see what's happening on boots on the ground uh, day in and day out. And I also do a couple of years ago, I started doing ADAS training for service technicians. So we have an actual ADAS uh, training center here. We conduct uh, training courses for uh, my, my partners over at AES Wave who sell ADAS alignment equipment. So we bring in people for a full Saturday workshop. We have brand new cars that we do calibration, we do diagnostics, and we learn about the, the uh, documentation process and so on. So I'm really excited about where we're at today and actually where we're headed in the future because uh, I'm a tech guy and uh, I really enjoy uh, what I'm seeing here in the marketplace. You know, I'm humbled in the presence of the three of you. Scott, you and I talked earlier about back in the day when we were both on CompuServe, if anybody remembers what that was, linked to a higher intelligence, I think was the... Uh, it was. Well, this has been great. I got to tell you, I'm impressed. Kim, Roger, and Scott, you know, we're looking forward to some great sessions at the X50 conference. The three of you are certainly great examples of, of the kind of quality training that you're going to have available. Plus, you'll be able to learn about what's new in the industry. And, you know, what we need to know these days and, and, you know, the old saying in the industry is you don't know what you don't know. The X50 conference is, is one of those places where you go to find out what it is you don't know. And again, with individuals such as Scott, Kim and Roger available to you, I think you're going to walk away with quite a number of nuggets. Again, I want to thank the three of you for your time today. It has been great. And we will look forward to seeing you at the X50 conference. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. The ASA X50 Automotive Conference and Expo takes place April 30th and May 1st. For more information, visit the website at asax50.com. Registration is open now, again, to register or for more information on classes and what's available during the Expo, visit asax50.com. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not an ASA member, then now's a great time to join. We have a special running in conjunction with our X50 show. If you join ASA today, you can save $50 off your membership and get access to the X50 Conference and Expo at the member rate with an additional $50 off. Your total savings is $100. You can sign up at ASAX50.com and please use code X50NEWASA member. If you're in Arizona, Idaho, Illinois, Oregon, or Washington, rebates will be mailed to your business following the event. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.